The Center for Minorities in the Mathematical Sciences presents Mathematically Uncensored. Where our talk is real and complex, but never discreet. Welcome to Mathematically Uncensored, where our talk is real and complex. But never discreet. Yo, Dr. Harris, how are you? Pretty good. Episode 11, sir. I don't know if I'm ever going to get used to this, right? Like every time, I feel like every episode is like a gift. So yeah, no, I'm just happy to be here with you. How are you doing? Pretty good. I, I was starting to feel a little run down this week. I'm not going to lie. Oh, by what? Like real run down. I think I just overcommitted myself in ways that I wasn't, you know, the whole academic thing. Yes. Next week will be better. So I say yes to three different things and don't <laughs> put them in my calendar to realize that then they all lined up on the same day. Yes. I mean, you know you were there. We That's just right. gave oh, yeah. That's two right. back-to-back talks yesterday, yeah. right? Yes. And so I think I last time we talked, I was mentioning how I was like holding one of the days as my yes. off day. That's right. That, and I was that, very proud of you. Out the window. Out the window. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened? What happened? Well, again, I overcommitted. And so I had okay. these two talks. And then that meant I had to reschedule, shuffle some things around. Yes. And guess what's the only time that worked out? That's right. The only day that I had held as hours for me. Yes. And I was like, well, this is a me problem. And so then that means that I have to sacrifice. And so I did. And so I'm just feeling a little run down. Yes. 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 And so the problem is that for me, I mean, because I go through something similar, I think. And the problem is that I'm having is that I don't, I don't see the, I don't feel the consequences as hard as I should. Yes. Right. Cause I think I've normalized not feeling good. Mm. Right. Like, yeah. Cause I, yeah. Cause I feel, I may feel run down, but I'm so used to it. And then mm. I've made it part of the process. No. Oh my goodness. No, no. But speaking it out is helping me. Right. And so like, I need to reorient, but like, you know what, this is not okay to feel like this. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, it's just, yeah, I just have to be like, I, I am tired and, you know, I shouldn't be like this. And I've been feeling that the last couple of weeks where it's just like, you know what? I, I am feeling run down. And so this means that I need to do something different. And then the other thing is that it always feels like I can always squeeze in another thing. Mm. Right. And and that that for me, that's the big thing. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. And yeah. I'm worried that I'm going to be at a place where I'm just going to get this big just shut down. I'm like, you know what? I can't do shit right now. It all falls apart because. Ooh. Yeah. Right. So that's what I'm trying to head off at this point. Yikes. And so that means to some of y'all who are listening, I'm about to say no to y'all. Right. I'm, uh, some of y'all are just going to say, no, I can't do that. Right. Oh, but fear so, of missing out. No, no, I'm not about to say no to nothing. Let, let <laughs> no, me. No. Uh, yes, I get that. Yes, I know. I know. I know. And so, 
Yes. And I know you lying, okay? I'm about to call you out on it. I know you're lying. Somebody put on Facebook, I'm starting to say no because they're holding the line yes. and they value, you know, their time and they're like, the requests are overwhelming. Yes. But hey, friends, if anybody is looking for some, you know, opportunities, I can compile a list and put put people on this list. And you and I, I, I put my name on there. You and oh, I yes. were the first ones on there. No, oh, that's different. You Racing hand and you know. No, th- yeah, wow. no, that was the great Nicole Joseph. Let's just be clear yes. about that. She is absolutely to, unbelievable. I didn't want to say only because I was like, then people gonna bombard her with stuff. No, but, but she wanted that. Was. Yeah, she wanted that. No, she wanted people. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, no, but I didn't want to not up, have to take the opportunity to uplift one yes, of our. You're legends. absolutely right. You're absolutely <laughs> that's right. right. You're she absolutely is absolutely right. incredible. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, no. So that's true. I did throw my name in the hat because, but it was more to say, okay, let me let me just get the options. I wasn't committing to anything. Now it's still going to be true that when somebody writes me, to, if somebody wrote me tomorrow and said, "Could you come talk in such and such for three hours next week?" Then I am going to try and see. Oh, how can I fit this? In? Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. yeah, no. So I'm in, I'm in the process. I'm still working. I'm still no, working. No, I hear you. I yeah, hear you. Yeah. I guess I'm I'm sensitive to the fact that I don't want somebody listening and then being like, "Well, Pamela's tired, so I'm not going to invite her." Like, don't do that. Let me be the one that decides. Oh, yes, that's because been people big. love to do that, right? Like, if you say you're tired, then they take that to mean that they shouldn't invite you to things. Or that they shouldn't, no, like, ask you to option. contribute. Yes. Yeah, yes. like, stop yes. taking opportunities away from us. If you think we're the right people, like, yeah, sure, reach out and let us be the ones that decide whether we're too tired to take that on or whether yeah. that fits within the scope of the work we're trying to do. No, I was just on a committee, and they and we were trying to make nominations. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, people were just like, well, I don't know if they can do it. They've got a lot of stuff going on. And we had to check ourselves and Ooh. say, wait. Let's let let's ask the person and let them decide. Right. That's right. So, and also because you can also drop things. Right. Like like we were saying, there's times where if a new opportunity comes across, maybe that's a better fit. And there's other things you can let go. Yes. And so, yeah, don't be taking opportunities away from black and brown folks. Absolutely. Let us make our choices. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Well, the other thing I want to say is, you know, folks, if you are liking the show, please recommend it. Tweet about it, post about it, at Math Uncensored. Also tag at Minority, and Minority Math. Math. Yeah. And then you can tag Eris at Eris Winger and then me at DPE Harris. Fantastic. All right. Let's 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 get into this topic that we want to chat a little bit about, which is collaboration and what is the importance of collaboration? Yeah. So, you know, my... My story is pretty well worn from the podcast at this point, but I was working as a loner for a very long time. You know what I mean? Like I, after leaving Carnegie Mellon, I went to teach and at a teaching college in the middle of nowhere. Shout out to Emory and Henry College. And like, you know, I, in a lot of ways, I removed myself from the math world. Because you know, I was just teaching, 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 right? And so I had, in, and given the past that I had talked about before, growing up and realizing or deciding that I was just going to have to do a lot of stuff on my own, I was not, I, I'm new to the collaboration game and in the last like three or four years where I've then somehow been lucky enough to jump on the projects with five, six, seven, eight people. And then I was like, oh my God, look at what I'm, look at what I had missed. All right. this time, right? Where like 
I was sitting there and all the holes that I had as an individual were mm. being filled in by that person or wow. that person or that person, which contributed to projects and efforts that were bigger than I could have ever imagined by myself. Wild. Right. And so, and so by the way, this is not so wild, like, right. But it, for me, it was completely mental. Like, yes, I, I had to be, so for so long as a young person, I had to be, I can do this by myself. I can do this yeah. by myself because I, I, I literally looked out in front of me and there was nobody. nobody there. Yes. And so I was, yeah. And so then I was just like, but then like I got on these projects and then like with mass swagger, the mm. way we roll swagger, like That's none amazing. of us could do one thing, could do, could do swagger by ourselves, right? But as a team, and so you're an inspiration for me in this sense because oh, I don't know what was the last. Oh, please, sister. We're about I haven't to cry. seen no, you. We are not about to cry every oh, time. Oh, no, I'm we not about it. to cry. I'm not going to make you cry. No. You know, this, I'm just saying that you're an inspiration in the sense because I haven't seen you on one damn thing by yourself in my fucking life. Right? Oh, no, I. I <laughs> yeah, no. you collaborate mm -hmm. across the yeah. board. Yeah. Tell me why. Well, because I think very similar to what you're describing, I had that same experience. I finished my PhD and I realized that I didn't want to do math anymore because yeah. I associated mathematics with this endeavor that I did by myself, mm. never having anybody to talk to. And, and in some sense, the PhD process is very much uh, an isolated, oh, yes. this is you, you're going to push the research forward. You know, this yes. is your dissertation. This is your PhD. That was the most isolated I ever felt. I, yeah. I remember a specific moment when I was finishing literally the thesis and I felt like I was the only person in the world. Yes. You know what I mean? And there's some positives to that because you that, that's the place where you also can take the credit. Right. right. Nobody was there. But at the same time, I, it was a very isolating experience. Yeah, it was it was not in for me, it was not good at all. And mm. so I took my first job at West Point at the military academy. And again, very much what you described. It was very teaching oriented. Although it was very, very collaborative, I started missing the solitude of mathematics. I mean, the irony of it all, right? Yeah, like, it's quite yeah. ironic. And I recognized by having gone to a conference and having met Eric Insko, who was mm. my very first ever mathematician collaborator. Mm. And it was fun. Working mm. with Eric, and I've collaborated with Eric. I mean, Eric and I mentor my undergraduate thesis student at Williams currently. You know, I've mentored some of his students. He mentors my students. And he changed the way that I thought about mathematics. I no longer associated mathematics with a solo endeavor. I associated it with friendship, with camaraderie. Mm. I associated it with somebody who listened to me. Eric is really meticulous and just like listening and being like, I think what you said was this. And then going back and forth and, oh, let me program this and let's see if like the conjecture you have works out. Or, yeah. oh, I think this is wrong. Like, let's fix it. And all of a sudden it was me feeling heard, me feeling seen, me mm -hmm. feeling appreciated, me being able to be my full authentic self in a mathematical space. The irony with this white guy. Yes. yes. You know what I'm saying? And, yes. and so like I tease Eric all the time. And but but you know what? The first time I ever met Eric and I tell this story because to me it was it really shaped the relationship I was able to build with him. I met him at a conference and he was a graduate student at the time. And I, I mm. was as well. We were we were close to graduating. And he said to me at the start, I was going to give my presentation and he was the moderator. And he said he came up to me and he said, hi, I'm Eric. Is your name Pamela or Pamela? 
Mm. And I was like, who this white boy? <laughs> how, do you, how do you know? And That's then I just so like, important. Yeah. In, in a mathematical space, it was the first time ever that anyone, let alone a white person, yes. acknowledged that my name could potentially be pronounced differently. Something else. Yes. Isn't that wild? That's amazing. Shout out to Eric. Eric, no, he knows. I sing him praises any chance I get. And and it's really just opened a new way for me to think about collaborations and really stressing the fact that this is about family and friendship and community. I mean, like, yo, I went to his wedding. I go visit him, his wife and his kids, and I stay at their house. Mm, You know, mm. I like that's the kind of relationship that I then realize can be at the center of a yes. working relationship. Yeah, but like, so what you're offering is that collaboration is more than just about working in the discipline specifically, right? It's yes. way it can be way more than that, right? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And and so that's that's for me what collaboration feels like. It feels like home. It feels like a family reunion. It feels like I get to spend time with my cousins. Yes. Hanging out, talking shit, doing math, you know, uplifting other people's work. Like that's what it feels like. And so then I don't feel like I have to hide. I don't feel like I have to put on a fake mask and be Pam Mm -hmm. in an academic Mm -hmm. space. I could just be Pamela. Yeah. And I think that's what you're alluding to when we talk about this math swagger program we did last summer, that it felt that way, right? It has that yes. feeling of family coming together to do some some good work. And so yes. that's that's how I see collaboration playing a role in, in my life. Yes. And, and the way that I feel is that collaboration is the key to our success in this discipline. That too many of us for too long, too many of us have been over in the corners doing our own thing, right? When in fact, there's a lot of opportunity if we reach out and say, what are you working on? What are you doing? Oh, that mm-hmm. fits with what I'm doing, right? And so this is what we're trying to do at the center for sure, right? I mean, to create a space where we can come together and have these conversations and find out how to connect with each other. And that's the way we're going to change the discipline so that you know, because if we're talking with each other and when opportunities come up, if we can find networks and ways of spreading that information and working together, then we can be more powerful than what we are individually. Yeah. So talking about collaboration. Yeah, right. And so, yeah, realizing that that we have to walk the walk as well, right? That who are we collaborating with, with the podcast, right? So we're thinking really about how is it that we can continue to reach, get the message out, and also spread the message of other people who are doing really good things. Yeah, so we have a guest on the show today. So let us welcome Shadea Lu Woye. So welcome. We're so excited to to have you here. So you're from Win in STEM, your podcast. So let's hear a little bit about you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so happy to be here. And I definitely agree with your prior discussion about collaboration. It's needed in our community of people of color and STEM it not only brings like a sense of belonging, but just helps us, you know, if one of us is successful, we, you know, all of us are. If Ooh. we win, we all win. You know, the yes. whole team is winning. So I yeah, definitely am a strong believer for collaboration. But yes, a little bit about myself. My name is Shade Luoye. I was born and raised in Fall River, Massachusetts, Southeast Mass. I hey was- now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I received my bachelor's in electrical engineering um, with a minor in mathematics from the University of Massachusetts Amherst, Gozumas, and a master's in um, systems engineering from George Washington University. I currently live in Baltimore, Maryland, where I work as a systems engineer for an aerospace defense contractor. So as a systems engineer, I lead and collaborate with cross-functional nice. teams throughout our product lifecycle to help create innovative and high-quality products to address our customers' toughest challenges. Outside my day job, I'm very passionate about increasing the number of underrepresented groups in science, technology, engineering, and math. And I do this through my podcast, When in STEM. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. That's fantastic. There's one thing you said that resonated with me, and I, I've said it, I've heard it, I believe it, but I'm really thinking these last, you know, few months about oper- making stuff happen and actualizing it. So when you say if one of us wins, we all win, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That, that I'm focusing on that because I, at least I feel like I'm not doing enough there. I feel like, you know, when we see somebody, you know, get the award or whatever it is that like, how is it? That, you know, because I, I think this, the, among people of color, there's still this, like, level of competition. Mm. Like, we see somebody get the, get the thing, like, oh, I could have done that, right? Ooh. And look, I guess I'm just talking about my own issues. Let me just, no, let no, me leave no, y'all out no, of it. No, no, no. no, I know my people listening, like, I'm not like that. You know, when somebody wins, I, yeah, right. They okay. lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, like, it, so maybe it's just an orientation of changing the mind, right? Because so I can be happy, but, like, what else can we do to make sure that we're uplifting each other when we see successes, right? I don't know the answer to that. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. I, th- I think we're doing it with our, our podcast, right? Yeah. We're helping, inspiring people of color that, hey, you know, you can be a mathematician, you can be an engineer. Because for example, when I was younger, I didn't really know that, you know, math was a field to go in or engineering yeah. was a field to go in. You know, we have that typical, oh, okay, you can be a doctor or you can mm-hmm. be a yes. lawyer. Mm-hmm. So just seeing representation, you know, of us in, in a field where there's not much of us, that's inspiring, you know? Yes. And we're using our platform to, you know, retain and recruit more more people of color in our field. Like, that's amazing. It's it's a step, you know? It, it's going to go a long way, but we, you know, we're making a difference in people's lives. Yeah, no, and I, I never believe it, but people tell us that, and it's just like, yeah, so we're just talking, right? But yeah, I appreciate you saying that because it reminds me that we're doing the work, yeah, mm-hmm. so I appreciate that. Yeah, the the thing that I find interesting in this conversation that you pointed out, Eris, is this idea that maybe because we've been so underrepresented yes. that when there's two of us in the room, Ooh, which is louder. which is seldomly the case, yeah. mm-hmm. when there are two of us in the room, that we get we get put in this competitive framework mm. that there's only yes. enough room for yes. one of you. So outwork, outcompete, outperform the other. And then one of the two people of color are mm. by far not Powerful. the better ones. You know, right. like right. you can then rank us. Yeah. And so yes, yes. that's part of the that's part of the problem that when we are underrepresented, we end up in those spaces and then we're made to feel like we must compete with one another rather than uplift uplift yes. each other. Powerful. Thank you. That helps me a lot because then because then that means there's this hidden framework in the background that pits us against each other that we need to confront and interrogate and challenge, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's helpful. Yeah. But I think this is why, you know, your podcast, Win in STEM, 
is wonderful because you're uncovering all of these things. Like, how do we win and how do we win together rather than like, how yes. do we win individually? Yes. Separately, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did you get started with the podcast? Like, what was there like a moment, a pinnacle where you were like, I just need to do I it. I got to do this, right? Yeah, yeah. So pre-COVID, I was heavily involved in STEM initiatives at my job. So I would do STEM volunteering events in my community, support recruiting events at different schools and conferences. So this was my way of giving back and helping others as others have helped me, right? And then bam, you know, COVID hit, we're on lockdown. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. My recruiting events became virtual and it just wasn't the same. Like that connection just wasn't there. So at this point, I was thinking to myself, like, what's a creative way to, you know, continue to give back, make an impact and reach more people? So I was having a conversation with one of my friends. Shout out to Michael Pittman. And he was like, don't, why don't you just start a podcast? And I was like, that's, that's a dope idea. I yeah. don't know much about podcasting, but, you know, we thank God for Google and YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and then, you know, when it's done was the birth. So, you know, essentially um, this, with the podcast is to, you know, highlight successful people of color, feminists. I like to call them that. To show others, you know, how, how can we get a seat at the table? How can we win in STEM? Because, you know, as you know, people of color were underrepresented in STEM fields in the United States. And we have all these odds against us. It's hard to excel and seek motivation in a field where we're always the minority. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yes. my ultimate goal with this podcast is to really help and retain and increase the number of minorities in STEM. So although we've been, you know, five months in a podcast game, I've seen the, you know, the benefits and the impact the podcast has been making and our guests that we have so far on the show. Last month, we gave out three scholarships. Um, wow. Oh, amazing. Um, one to a grad student getting her PhD, two an undergrad. And then like, I'm also constantly getting messages from like students and professionals on, like, on how happy they are to have come across this platform. So I'm just glad that, you know, this podcast is making, you know, a difference in people's lives and showing you know, students and professionals that, hey, you know, you might be going through some tough challenges right now, mm-hmm. but we all go, we all went through the same thing. We all failed that yes. one class. Yeah. We all had that, you know, issue at work, but look at us, you know, our guests, they're, they're dope. They're doing great things in our community. So, you know, if they can do it, you can do it too. Absolutely. And really just dispelling this end product mythology that you see mm. someone at the end with all uh, the accolades uh-huh. and awards and degrees, and then you think that that's how it always was. Right. And so it's great that in your podcast, you're unraveling that and, tell, and letting people know the full story, right? Uh-huh. And I also want to ask you a little bit about your transition, because I hear that there was a new job. So you just moved. And so what, how did you move? How did you make that transition? Why'd you pick industry jobs? Tell us more about that. Yes, yes, yes. So we're we're sort of carrying the bag all 2021. Yes. Yes. So I was at my previous employer for five and a half years since I graduated undergrad. And then after working for about a year, I was admitted into my employer's rotational program called Engineering Leadership Development Program. It's a three-year program where they basically breed the future leaders of tomorrow. So mm-hmm. when, you know, directors, VPs, you know, retire, they already have the people, you know, set up for mm-hmm. success. And this 
you know, rotation program is very competitive to get in. And I think my class had about like a hundred employees. And when I tell you there were only, I think 10 people of color, it's crazy. It's, I'm going to all these conferences. I'm like, wait, so where are all the females? Mm. (laughs) Where are all my, you know, black males? It it, it was Mm. crazy. So I went through that for three years. Um, I graduated from that program in December 2020. And then, you know, after graduation, like, I'm, I'm expecting a promotional, you know, opportunity mm-hmm. with my peers mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. okay, you, you, you've molded me into the next leader of tomorrow. So, okay, so promote me so I yes. can. Yeah, where's my job? Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But I didn't get one. And okay. you know, I was asking questions, having the conversation with, you know, with managers. And I wasn't getting a clear answer. I don't know, politics were going on in the background. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I just yeah. wasn't getting a, hey, Shade, you know, you need to do X, Y, and Z. Or I would just wasn't, I wasn't getting anything. So I took this as my cue as, okay, Shade, it's time for you to bounce. You've been here long enough. Mm. <laughs> um, Good for you. Yes. So, like, you really need to look out for yourself. Yes, you know, it's good to, you know, be loyal to companies, but at the end of the day, you come first. Mm. So I, Wait, one more time? Yes, at the end, of the, day. At the end of the day, you come first. first. Know yourself, know your worth. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so I started applying to other companies in the airspace defense sector and I landed a new job and I started this week. And it's crazy because I'm basically doing, you know, the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Better promotion with more money. And yeah, I guess it's it's crazy in industry. Well, yeah, I know definitely in the you know, department of defense, that's what people normally do. They'll stay at a company for about like five years max. They'll, okay. you know, pack, you know, use like the resources. They'll get to like a, a hit a capacity, like a limit. Mm-hmm. And then they use that opportunity as a cue to, okay, it's time for me to balance and go somewhere else. So I definitely saw that happen a lot within my years of working. And I always wonder like, why, why do people leave? But then, you mm. know, I noticed I got hip to the game. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So new job and new, new experience. I'm really excited to to see, you know, what's in my future. Excellent. Excellent. No, and I appreciate, I love these moments where people just decide, you know what? There's something better for me. Yeah. And I deserve it. Yeah. And I'm going to go for it. So, yeah. So you are in, you are in industry, which, you know, for two academic people, you know, has always been something that we want to talk about with our students, but mm-hmm. we haven't actually lived it in the sense that you have lived it. So, but, and also you were a math minor. Yeah. And so, yeah. So you have this perspective of leaving academia, at least school and coming into the industry. And is, is the industry a place where a mathematician can go? I'm not trying, I'm not looking for a new job, but I'm just saying. That, I mean, listen, I don't know. Yeah, if there's enough, digits, if right. there's enough digits in that <laughs> check, right. I'll make right. jump. Or maybe we can. Or is, is, it, is industry a place that can receive mathematicians? And what does it mean for a mathematician to be in industry? What's, what are the differences? Yeah, uh, most definitely. First, like math is like the foundation of everything. Like even me as an engineer, I took so many math classes. That's how I ended up with a minor in mathematics. But, you know, mathematicians, you you already have the skills needed to work in industry. You have the quantitative, the analytical, conceptual, problem-solving skills, 
decision-making skills. So you can totally apply to industry. You can work as an engineer, different types of engineers out there, data scientists, work mm-hmm. in finance and, and so much more. So having, you know, a math background, the possibilities are endless, you know, at this point it's just utilizing your, your skills that you gained in your courses and applying them. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I guess I, I'm also thinking about the culture. Like, I have no mm-hmm. idea, like, the culture of the industry and what, what it means. And, like, because, you know, in a lot of ways, day to day, I'm setting a lot of my own schedule, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, mm-hmm. and like my grandmother, may she rest in peace, will always say, Eric, she haven't worked a day in your life. You know what <laughs> I mean? Because she, <laughs> she it was talking about grinding, yeah. doing yeah. something every day, nine to five mm-hmm. type deal, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, what, what can you get some insights to the, to the culture of industry mm-hmm. and what's required? Yeah. So in that case, you definitely, you know, are working on a team to, you know, a common goal. So well, each industry has their own customer, but on a deeper level, you yeah. you'll report to your manager. So, you know, there's tasking that you have to, you know, provide to him. So I guess maybe like a similar to like advisor or mm-hmm. um, professor that you report in your know, academia, um, yeah. you task, you're basically supporting his research. Yeah. Versus in, you know, in industry, you're supporting your manager so mm. he can meet his advisor, mm-hmm. which is like the customer. Right. Um, so you go through that, you're you're not working by yourself as well. You're working with, you know, you're collaborating with different people on your team, different types of engineers, even people who are not engineer, right? Yeah. Program managers, finance, people of various different fields and backgrounds. So you're able to, you know, not become silos and be more of a team player because mm-hmm. you're all working for the common goal. But yeah, the, it was hard for I think it was just more like a culture shock because I know like in yeah. undergrad, I was more of like a flow, more like a... I had my own schedule, you know, I, yeah. I go yeah. to class, you know, I can take naps in between if I'm right. tired. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, pull all-nighters, but in industry, you have like a, a set schedule. It's it's fluid, you know. So my it also job. sounds like you got people depending on you yeah. to yeah. get stuff done at a yeah. certain time, right? Yeah, so. you, you can't just, you know, leave work and go take a nap. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> you have yeah. some, some tasking, some deadlines, because at the end of the day, what you do impacts the business, you know, right. so the quality of work that you do will f- foretell this, the future. And if our customer comes back for future work, you know, if we produce quality, efficient work, okay, that means more business for the organization. That means you still have a job. <laughs> if yes. you yeah. don't perform well right. and effectively, then, you know, not only are you suffering, but, you know, the company is suffering as a whole. So everything you do has, you know, a, a domino effect, you know, it's yeah. not just you and your, and your career. It's, it's everybody that's on the yeah. line. Yeah. So there's something interesting in, in what you're saying. And I wonder, is there flexibility in the kinds of like teams that you can be part of? Because mm-hmm. what, you know, 
the nightmare is always like you end up at school and you get put in a group project and then you're the only one doing the group project. And so does that end up happening in industry? And then you got to carry the team. I haven't experienced that, but I, I can definitely see that, you know, being the case. But I think this is where building relationships is very important, especially with your manager. Mm. And going in day one and letting him know your goals and what yeah. you want to do in life, what you're interested, your strengths. Because you don't want to be put on a, on a project where, you know, you're not feeling challenged or motivated to do, you know? So having that conversation with your manager, it's like, hey, I want to do X, Y, and Z. This is where I see myself in my future. How can you help me? How can you help me get there? And then being comfortable with him if anything you know, occurs on your team that say someone's not pulling their weight or yeah. someone is slacking a little bit, you know, being open to possibly even talking to that teammate themselves, yeah. you know, building yeah. a relationship. And maybe there's something going on behind the scenes that they are, you know, performing that way. Yeah. So having that, building a relationship with them, having that conversation, and, you know, having that conversation with your manager as well. Because at the end of the day, we're all adults, you know. Yes. We all report to work to, right. you know, to to make money, right? We have bills to pay. So by you not, you know, pulling your weight, at the end of the day, you're, you're going to be in trouble. Like, you're only hurting yourself. Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. So what do yeah. I tell my math students, right? So so I'm teaching, you know, right now I'm teaching a, a research course. Mm -hmm. And so I, they're working on projects in pairs. Uh, there's a group of three. And so I'm always like really stressing, you know, communication skills and coding. But let's be real. I hope they, they're not listening. I don't know. I don't know what people <laughs> in the industry want. Like, I'm just making shit up. I'm like, right. of course they want somebody who knows how to work in a team and writes well and takes feedback well, you know, but, mm -hmm. but I feel like those are so kind kind of surfacey. Am mm -hmm. I right? Am I telling them the right yeah. thing? You you are. You are. You know, the industry is constantly changing. Like every, I feel like every month or every year, like there's always some type of like new technology that's out there. So being able to adapt is mm. very important. You know, for example, I think the new hot thing right now is machine learning and artificial yeah. intelligence. That wasn't around when I was in, college, right. in 2015. So right. So just being able to be open, open to learn as well, you know, don't, okay, yeah, you have a math degree, but don't let that mindset restrict you from being open to other, you know, opportunities. You know, let's say if yeah. you, you graduate from, you know, with a PhD in mathematics, don't restrict yourself to just, you know, mathematic-based positions, you know, apply to engineering positions, apply, apply to finance, you know, apply to... Yeah program management because at the end of the day you only need about 70 80 percent of the qualifications <laughs> no that's wait we need to pause there that's why i have to stop wait wait so i just want to be clear that i'm gonna go right and i'm gonna read the description and the description already intimidates me because yeah. i'm like I, I can't do that i can't do that i can't do that are oh, you saying that we need like a translation of what that thing's saying versus what i can do and that I can do a lot of that stuff already, right? Yeah, like, I think it's just really like a mindset shift. Like, mm. you don't have to be able to do 100%. Because at the end of the mm. day, who, who's really doing 100% of all those qualifications? Like, right. even the person who wrote that, do you have 100%? Right. <laughs> Yikes! You just came That's for them! Huge. I love yeah. it. I love yeah. it. 
Because yeah, I would never consider like the engineering position or the finance, even though I have the skills to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, because I would read too many lines and yes. they'd be like, that's right. That's right. <laughs> but there's also something here in the culture that we didn't understand. Right. Because in yes. academic positions, it says you need a Ph.D. in and then it'll say the fields, number sure. theory, combinatorics, yes. you know, whatever. And. So somebody like me who kind of works in adjacent fields, I feel super uncomfortable and I might not apply to something that I could apply to. I'm just like, nope, not my field. I can't apply to that job. And so this is so different because what you're Uh saying is maybe there's 10 things that are requirements of the job. And as long as you got about seven of them, you should be applying. So it's like, it's not, you don't have the three, so don't apply. It's Uh you have the seven, so apply. Yes, yes, exactly. It's a, it is shift. a mind. That's the mind shift. Wow. That, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. one thing that someone told me, uh, it was a quote that says, don't deny yourself before the company denies you. Yes. Mm. Don't yes. go in saying, oh man, I don't have all the, I don't have a, I can't do all of this. I'm not going to apply. Like right. you never know. You can apply, get that interview Mm. and kill the interview and then get the job. Because at the end of the day, a lot of these skills that you're you're using for the job, you learn during yes. the job. <laughs> yes. That was the thing job. I was going to ask you about. <laughs> yeah, because it was going to be like, it also sounds like there is not, there's a level of dynamic being here that you you get here and then there are a bunch of things you're going to learn on the way yes mm-hmm. and that like in that like and what i've seen also uh, in the industry is that people get certificates all the time and all new things right mm-hmm. so there's like your degree isn't the end of your learning mm-hmm. right that there's there's just this constant learning as you move along yes yes definitely and whatever industry that you go to or company they also they also have different um, avenues of learning like they'll provide like training you know professional development career development so you're able to continue to learn you know yes. getting a degree is just one step you know there's so much breadth of knowledge out there that you can just you know learn for fun or learn for your everyday tasking so yeah, yeah wow. don't definitely don't limit yourself yeah. That's amazing. So yeah, it's yeah, so it's the static mindset that I was having that what do I have now? Mm-hmm. And, and and thinking that that's the only thing I have instead of saying I have now and the ability to add on whatever's necessary in order to do well at that at that job, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. So what advice might you have for us as educators in trying to, you know, help students make themselves marketable maybe for positions in industry like what could what should we be doing better to make sure that students know that these careers are available to them so definitely i know for a resume aspect that's very important that that's like your your key to open unlocking doors of opportunity just just making sure that your resume is tailored in a way that shows that you can give impact to Mm. whoever company right that's using a lot of like keywords of, you know, I, you know, took the initiative, I decreased X amount of stuff, or, mm-hmm. you know, I led X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. or, you know, I collaborated with, you know, with a number of people on my team. So showing that you're a leader, you can mm-hmm. deliver and showing yeah. impact is def- is it's key. Because if you can do that now, you know, as a, you know, in academia, you know, you can you still use that same skills in, you know, in industry. And then a second thing, research, you know, research what's hot out Good. there. You know? 
Yeah. What research was you know, the new hot topic and, you know, use it as a, you know, a learning experience. You know, we have Google, we have YouTube, we have Coursera, mm-hmm. um, yes. different platforms where you can learn, do self-learning, learn these skills, and then you can add it to your resume, right? You yeah. know, right. <laughs> because a lot of those skills, you know, they're, you're going through practice exams, you're, you're, they give you like applications to test your knowledge. You can put that on your resume. So being able to, you know, Oh yeah, you you graduated with a you know great GPA, great you know major, and being able to apply those skills in different areas is definitely key. So, having that mind shift change, your resume tailoring it to show impact, and being able to you know learn skills that interest you that's you know outside your day to day. That's wonderful, and it lines up well with stuff we've talked on the podcast because we've been talking about how like we need to tailor our job materials. Mm. Yes, you know, especially especially when we're being compared to somebody who's you know at least in academia, whose parents, great grandparents, you know, mm. all these people yes. have PhDs, and so there's like a, a loss of, I guess, a, a sense that they have ins in ways that we don't if we're first-gen scholars. And so I think that's really great to hear that that's also a thing that we should be doing when we're thinking about potential jobs in the industry. So I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. No, what sticks with me is leader, mm-hmm. deliver, and impact. Yeah. Right? You need to show that you have leadership qualities that you can deliver and that you've had some impact. Yeah. That's huge. Awesome. Thank you for that. Well, there's something that we do on the show that's called our 5% change. And so we we like to think a little bit about some of the work that we've been doing to either improve our own situation, help make no. the community better. And so maybe, Eris, you can tell us a little bit more about some of your recent 5%. Yeah, so I've <laughs> Your been... website. <laughs> oh, my God. That's right. <laughs> no, so I've been thinking a lot about the website. So, yeah, I've been working on websites. Nothing visual has happened with the website yet. And so, yeah, I've, I've been planning and thinking about how I do want to present myself to the world. So I've been doing that. And I've, so, and, but that's taken a backseat. It has to some other 5% that I've been working on because I have this student that's like my first student who is not, you know, who's barely speaking English. Mm. And so like I, I've been working on really just, so the challenge I've had with the challenges that I have had in interacting with the student has been that the language barrier is something that I really, this is the biggest language barrier I've ever had with a student. Okay. And so I have been confusing the language barrier with them not understanding the subject. Right. And so, That's common. so, Yes. And so this is the first time this has happened to me. And I was looping, you know, this student with other students who were having issues with the topic and just thinking that, oh, they they just didn't understand the topic. When in fact, I had to hit myself in the head and be like, look, if they had someone speaking to them in their native language, they would probably get all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the question is, can I do the 5 percent of contacting somebody at my college to say, how can we help this person? Right. And so, yeah, it really is that. And so I had just been like, yeah. So I was like maybe two weeks in before I had to come to realize that. Right. And so this person's been, you know, in their space because that person also doesn't know that there might be resources that, you know, that we can help her out with. And so I've been really thinking about really changing my mind about how I view people in my classroom in terms of the language issue. Mm. And have you gotten any any responses? Are there 
people on campus that can help? Yes, there are. There are resources. Yeah, That's yeah. wonderful. So I'm going to be meeting with them and then figuring out how to how to uh, help the student and then pass those resources on to the student. Right. And it's long overdue. It's fucking April. Yeah. Right. No, it's listen, April. Better than, better than yes. us having this conversation and it yeah. being a five percent for, mm-hmm. you know, the fall. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. No, and she's doing well, but I like I just yeah, I just didn't see it quick enough and she's going to be fine. But this is a lesson that I've learned for the rest of my career. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. I think in my five percent, I have been emailing some of my research students, just very short, sweet emails after meetings Mm -hmm. when I leave feeling like we had a lot of fun. Mm. Like I've been really focusing on having a joyous experience in the research process with my students this semester. Yeah. And like I, I was mentioning earlier, you know, it's a research-based course. And so when we started the course, I was very clear, your grade is independent on whether we solve anything this semester, because mm. I don't know if we're ever going to solve mm-hmm. these problems. I don't know. They're, they're not, known. Like that's, that's the point of research. They're unsolved. And so I've, I've been focusing a lot on like, you know what I was saying, like the communication skills, the writing, the, the collaborative aspect of it. And I've been like stressing that math should be fun. And then I catch myself like smiling and laughing with them. And then they're doing reflections on the process. And I'm like, where's my reflection? Where's my five, you know, my 5% could be my reflecting on the fact that we had this good experience during this like Zoom meeting. And so after Zoom meetings, you know, most of the time my Zoom meetings, I don't know about y'all, but it's like Zoom meeting, no break, Zoom meeting, Zoom meeting, Zoom meeting, right? And, And so when I do get a break, I try to just like pause and be like, what was really fun about the last three hours of Zooms that I've had? And then I just send an email and I'm like, thank you so much for making me smile when you said blah, blah, oh, you know, huge. and then just like, yeah. have a good day. And yes. so I'm using, I mean, I'm using email like text, you know, if I had their number, I would have texted them, but that's awkward. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to be like, student, can I have your number so I can text you random things? Right. Although I do that with some students. But yeah, so that's been my 5%. And it's it's very, you know, it's super, super small. But then I get the comment back there like, I had fun too, Professor Harris. And then I'm like smiling the rest of the day. There I'm you like, go. Oh, it wasn't just me thinking that we were having fun. Like they also thought they were having fun. So, so that's been mine. That's amazing. Yes, for me, um, I haven't started yet, but now that I'm, you know, starting a new job, I want to make sure that I'm on the right path for success. So yeah. normally, I am a night owl. I would go to bed late, mm-hmm. early, yeah, and end up waking early. So my five percent that I want to start doing is going to bed by ten thirty p.m. max. Oh, oh, wow. that's a dream. That way, I want. <laughs> <laughs> that is my goal, you know, yeah. 1030 max, no, no phone, lights off, no TV. Because I know like in the, I go to bed late and in the morning, I'm just so mm-hmm. yes. and yes. I'm just so like slow paced and I don't really get to my normal self till noon, which is like right. half of the working period. So right. I, I want to make this adjustment. I'll, I'll start off going to bed 1030. I'm going to try for 21 days. They say if you okay. do something nice. 21 days becomes a yeah. habit. So yeah. 
That's one of my goals for April. So ask me in a month. If- oh, we're going to hold oh, you accountable. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, you better believe we're going to bring you back and be like, tell us about the sleep. Tell us. That's right. What had happened That's right. was. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I've had something similar, but I'm trying to just start at midnight. I'm trying to get to bed at midnight, but you just went right to 1030. 1030. Like, that's huge. Okay. Yeah. Yikes. We've also had some people post on Twitter about some of their work or email us about it. And so I wanted to give Kim Holman a shout out. I know a lot of the work that we did through a webinar series last fall, so fall 2020, I've stayed in touch with with Kim. I said to her on that webinar, we're going to yeah. be friends and we're friends now. I like him a lot. And so she she sent me a quote that some of the recent work that she's been doing is emailing her students after the end of the fall term. She said it's an overall copy paste, but then she personalizes bits depending on the student. And Excellent. you know what she says to them? She thanks them for being in her class and she encourages them in their academic journey. Fantastic. Isn't that amazing? That I'm like, amazing. oh my God. I'm like just crying, thinking about it. Like, what would that have meant to me as a woman of color? Yes. Going through my academic journey and a math professor would have emailed me after the semester ended? Yes. Like, you mean they even remembered me? And then yes. to tell me like, Hey, I see you. I remember you. You know, keep it up. Yes. Woo, that's powerful. That's right. That's right. And again, something that's, you know, sending an email out, you know, to 30 people, right? Again, you may not, you know, 20 of them may, 22 of them may be like, okay, thanks. But then the eight, Mm. right, might be changed in ways we don't even realize. And it didn't cost us that much to do it. Yeah. 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 That's great. Then we also had somebody on Twitter who, do we know who this was? Was this Nikhil? Yeah, Bukowski. Oh, this is Nikhil. That's right. Yeah. So one of the things that we said in the book that we wrote was that we need people to step up and, and, you know, say that they're against white supremacy. We were like, why is that not a thing that we are willing to say publicly, out loud, yell it from every academic space that we we encompass? When in so many ways, it is the problem in our discipline. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So. Yes. And so Nikhil actually went out to this conference that we talked a little bit about at the podcast and encouraged folks to attend, which was Math for All and NOLA, which was great. It was a fantastic conference. And he went there. He promoted his work. He started also a website. He's working on his 5% and he devoted a portion of his poster to have this denouncement of white supremacy and also having a discussion of the privilege that he has as he does mathematics. And so- Just amazing. Yeah, let's be clear. He's standing there in front of the poster and on his poster, it says these words, right? For all these people to walk by and see him stand up and say, this is what I'm about. Here's the subject, but also tied to this subject is the fact that I denounce white supremacy. So powerful. Just everything. Like Superstar of the week. Yeah, I know. It's unbelievable. Shivers, like shivers. Because when, when- Eris, when you and I said that, when we were working on this book, on this dialogue for supporting students of color in math, like, I was like, no one's going to do that. Uh, Yes. You hear me? Like, you and I, we were like, there's no way. Like, we write this book and we're like, that should be the the test. Either you're going to say it out loud or you're just going to pretend you didn't read this. 
Mm-hmm. Well, no, and I had a I had a crucial moment, you know, when I, I was being a night owl and I was up, you know, finishing part of the chapter on on this book. And I was getting here, you know, I was rewriting the part where we talked about this very thing as the litmus test, as we mm-hmm. say in the book. And then I was like, this is the change that we need. And as I was trying to type it up and make our words sound a little bit better, then it was like, wait, nobody's going to do this. Nobody's gonna and do I this. literally started to cry. Yeah, I know. Like I was like, because I was like, what is the point? Because what I'm writing as the litmus test, what we're writing as the litmus test is something people just won't do. Yeah. And so in a lot of ways, Nikhil has verified that I was wrong because I wanted to be wrong, right? That yeah. that this actually might be something that people end up doing. Thank you, Nikhil, for really, for validating the possibility that we actually might change the discipline. And now I'm crying. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the good yeah. thing is that nobody gets to see the video, you know? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> like, that's, and that's okay. Yeah. But then, because other people may see that on Nikhil's poster and say, oh, that's allowable. Now we're about to Right. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's okay to do. Yeah. Right? Because Nikhil's still in the discipline. Nikhil is still here, going to get a degree, everything. Mm. But yeah, he put that in the corner and somebody gets impacted by that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for doing the work, fam. Yes. Announcements. We have an MSRI workshop on mathematics and racial justice. We want to point out that this is a collaboration between the Center for Minorities and the Mathematical Sciences as we're sponsoring the project. That workshop is coming up June 9th through the 18th, 2021. Please check that out and register for it. And the center is stepping up their game, right? It's in terms of being able to support people with workshops, you, you're you tied to this, right? Yes. Let me tell you about these one-day workshops that the center is hosting. And if you're interested, please feel free to reach out. You can e- either email us, mu at minoritymat.org, or you can email the center directly. But well, are you saying they got money? You there's saying they got money. money? That's what I was about to tell you. There's money there, friends. So here's here's the way that this worked out for me. I had this idea, and I knew that the center was sponsoring these workshops. And I thought, I was talking to a friend, and she was telling me, you know, she just got this REU grant. And she said, oh, now that I'm the director for this REU, I'm having all of my faculty participate in this workshop to talk about, you know, stereotype threat and all of these things. And I was like, wait, what? No, that that's amazing. And everyone should do that. And I said, why don't we host a workshop? And the speaker that you're going to use, we, you know, find them some funds and then we put a a proposal together for the center and we say, here's a workshop we want to do. And we open it up to the math community at large. And then people can know how to address these issues. Yes. And so just with that short proposal, we were able to get a workshop up and running. And so this is going to happen May 22nd. I'll share more information on the on the post. Ugh. I can't talk here at the end on the podcast. Sorry, Nikhil got me crying. I'm a hot mess. And so this is creating a better summer experience, a DEI workshop for REU directors and faculty mentors. So again, I'm just stressing, if you are interested in organizing a one-day virtual workshop and you need a little bit of money to make that happen or some logistical help, the center can help. We have the funding. Email us. Shade, thank you so much for coming on the show. Rep your website and the podcast again. Yes, you can follow us at um, Apple Podcasts, um, Google Anchor Pandora. I'm titled When in STEM. And also follow us on Instagram at the When in STEM Podcast. 
Amazing. Thank you so much for coming to visit. We've learned so much from you and have Thank so much now. New knowledge to share That's out right. with our students. Absolutely right. That's right. <laughs> and, and keep on keeping on. The work you're doing is impactful. We're so happy to have you in this community. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This is so much fun. Yeah, we should definitely do this again. More yes. Oh, absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> You've been listening to Mathematically Uncensored, where our talk is real and complex. But never discreet. Thank you, everybody. Bye, fam. Bye.